0: Hello, good morning, good afternoon or good evening Whenever or wherever you are Whether you're cooking dinner, grabbing a coffee or catching a bus I thank you for tuning in to Series 4 of How to Buy a Kitchen or Bathroom. My name is Georgina Townsend and I am your host and the acting editor of Kitchens, Bedrooms and Bathrooms magazine. For our sixth episode, I was joined a second time this series in our office slash studio by interior designers Brookcott Barton of Cott Barton Interiors and Keir Stanford of Kia Designs as we answered some of the magazine's most frequently asked bathroom design questions. For instance where do you even start when planning a bathroom? What do you need to know when buying tiles and what on earth is a wet room? Plus, what are the current bathroom trends and how much should you take notice of them, if at all? But before we get going, I have a favour to ask. We want to try and help as many people as possible, whether they're currently renovating a complete door-upper Or just simply want to refresh their tired bathroom. So please, if you have time, share this episode with friends or family, or your neighbours down the street. Plus, leave a review and subscribe. We'd also love it if you could share with us your thoughts on the episode. Do you agree, don't you? Tag us on social media and let's keep the conversation going. Let's begin, shall we? Hello, Brooke and Kia. How are we today?
1: Very good, thank you. Lovely to be here.
0: Really well, thank you very much. Brooke, if you could just give us a hello so people can recognise your voice. Hello, I'm Brooke from <laughs> Brooke Barton Interiors. Kia? Hi, I'm Kia. I'm from Kia Designs. There we go. Okay, so today we are talking all things bathrooms and our frequently asked questions. Now the first one, a bit of a big question, I suppose. Where do you start when planning a bathroom? I mean, that's the, probably the biggest question, isn't it, when you're thinking about redesigning a bathroom? So, where do you start? I would
1: always, first of all, start with talking to the client. People are very personal ideas and tastes when it comes to bathrooms. And what they want out of a bathroom can be very specific. So for example, do they want a bath? Do they want a shower? Do they want double sinks? What kind of taps do they want? Is it a hotel spa feel that they're after? I think really getting under the skin of what they are looking for is certainly my starting point. And then looking at what is practically possible.
0: Ooh, okay. So you sort of talk to them about what they want first and then do you look at the space?
1: Yes, I think you have to look at their wish list and then you have to look at the space with a functional, practical hat on and look at whether what they are looking for is actually going to be achievable because bathrooms are very functional spaces and very technical spaces and there are lots of considerations you need to look at when doing that initial planning work.
0: That was actually going to be my question. Have you ever seen a wish list and then you've seen the space and you thought,
1: oh dear. All the time. (laughs) I mean, I think it's very easy to look at things in magazines and think, oh my gosh, I want this, I want that. And then sometimes when you actually look at the space, the dimensions, the proportions are very different. And yeah, I mean, when it comes to bathrooms, there are very technical functionality issues that need to be thought through.
2: We do tend to look at the end first. We want to get a good idea of what actually they're looking for in terms of the mood. So we'd always start with a mood board. What are the feeling and the overall look that they're looking for for the design? because that will guide a lot of the decisions and actually rules out a lot of options and possibilities, which is a good thing at the beginning stage of a project, because you want to hone that brief and that scope and that idea of just like, okay, this is what I'm really looking for. And um, so when we do go through that mood board is what we do tend to initially start with that look and feel, and then is going through and looking at the layout because yeah, that technicality side of things is extremely important and is something that needs to be thought of at every single point. But ultimately, Ultimately, a lot of the time that's our job as designers is to be able to work through those technical lists and to be able to then present options that are possible. Whereas most clients just want to enjoy the process of it and actually enjoy that finished product. So that's why we do tend to start with what they're looking for it to, to be like at the end.
0: So I suppose my question is before they get to talking to designers and they're just at home, They think, right, I need a new bathroom. How does someone come up with a mood board or how does someone know what they want before they start talking to you? What is literally the first step for that homeowner who wants a new bathroom? they will
2: surprise themselves. I think that's one thing that we find in talking to clients each and every day. Clients don't not know what they want in their home. They don't not know what they want it to feel like. And it's really interesting. We will sit down and they can do this process themselves beforehand or if they want a little bit of guidance, they can go through with our team and do it. But look at what you're saving on Instagram, look at the things that you're liking, look at the things that you take a moment to enjoy when you're scrolling through the endless social media that we go through. So I would say look for magazines, pull pages out, whichever way you want to do it. You can go super analog and yeah, grab your magazines and pull those pages out or you can create a saved list on Instagram or you can go onto Pinterest and pin everything. There's loads of different ways of doing it but it's hilarious that you do see clients go from I have no idea, no idea what I really want and then within about 15 minutes of sitting down and going through oh I don't like that I don't like that I don't like that fabulous we are so happy to hear what you don't want because it does just take things down and people will sit there and yeah they'll surprise themselves with how particular that they then can be of just like I didn't really realise I had any feelings about tiles (laughs) until sitting down and going through some of those images. I was
0: actually going to say, Brooke, it's almost more important to know what you don't like as to what you do like.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. And I think that process of sitting down and just looking at images is so important. We take a lot of inspiration from images that clients show us. And as you say, we can help them with that process because it can be quite overwhelming. There are so many ideas out there. There There's so many sources these days with Pinterest and with Instagram and magazines. and and so forth. And I think lots of clients are a bit overwhelmed by that. But what we tend to find is that when clients do group their images, there's usually a common theme. There's usually things that crop up again and again. It could be colours, it could be styles. And our job is to just look at that and interpret those core
0: elements and then turn it into something for them that can work. So they've got the look, they know what they want, what they don't want, what they like, what they don't like. But what about the practicalities that you were talking about earlier? What are the main layout and practical problems that you've come across?
1: Bathrooms tend to be some of the smallest rooms in the house and there's a lot of functionality that needs to be accommodated. So there's basins, there's baths, there's showers, there's toilets. So you have to really look at the ergonomics of the space and how to best make all of those things work together and the flow of that space and also just thinking about who's going to be using the room. I mean this is obviously ironed out in the brief but are there going to be children bathing in there? Is it going to be kind of an adult only space? So that type of thing. Yeah, I mean, and practicalities in relation to some of the plumbing aspects, the less glamorous side, waste and where's the soil pipe? How is the water getting to and from? Those are the things that you kind of need to understand or interrogate when you see the space at the outset. And, and perhaps you might need to talk to a plumber in those early stages to kind of understand what's what's feasible and what isn't.
0: It's funny you should mention pipes, actually, because the amount of bathrooms that I feature in the magazine, when I say, how did you come up with the layout? The answer that people give me is, oh, the waste pipe or oh, the toilet dictated where everything else went. Is that something that you find a lot?
2: Yeah, it's one of those things that it just has to be where often wherever it is. We have worked on projects where we are actually designing the house from the ground up. Fabulous. Put the waste pipes where we need them to be. And that's amazing. But in most of the properties that we're looking at, we're looking at refurbishments, we're looking at apartments, and they have restrictions in where those pipes can go and in how far we can take them away from the main soil stack. So as we said, it's not necessarily the most glamorous or the most interesting part of it, but it is a really important part to be able to make sure that you understand because function is the first part of that design for a bathroom. And it's also what's going to mean that it has the longevity to be able to stand the test of time. If you do start going a little bit off course and sort of say, oh, I think we can just put this toilet much further away from where we're going to actually need to be able to have this oil stack. Good luck. (laughs) Because that might not necessarily be something that you're really thinking was a great idea when you're having to deal with clogged pipes. few months into the design it really is necessary to make sure that you understand exactly why it's like that and how it's going to work within your design so yes the toilet is often the one thing that limits where you can move certain other aspects but that's all kind of part for the course of designing a bathroom is being able to look at those limitations and then be able to work around what you've got to be able to create all of the rest of the functionality in the room that you need
0: is it the same for pipe work, for showers and baths as well, or is it slightly easier to move them?
1: It's easier to move those around. I mean, again, there are considerations, particularly with showers and often with baths in terms of weight, which is, is perhaps often less thought about. But yeah, they are easier to move around because you can put the pipes underneath the floor. But whereas with the toilet, that is, that is more functional plumbing for the house. And how all of that side of things works, it, it's less movable.
0: Okay, so we've got our wish list. We know what's practical in terms of layout. What about budget? When should you start thinking about that?
1: Right at the outset, it is literally a case of how long is a piece of string. You do need to work within a realistic budget because it depends on, it affects your choices of of everything, you know, your tiles, your sanitary wear, your brassware. There are so many different choices and so many different options at different price points. So yeah, you need to understand the parameters within which you're designing.
0: How do you decide on what you spend your budget on? That's a really good question. I
2: think one of the things that we do tend to do is sitting down and it's why we start off with a mood board and why we think that it's really important to do that is because certain items that will crop up again and again are going to have a minimum price point that you'll want to invest in those pieces. And I'm sure we're going to come on and talk more about things like baths and fitted or standalone. But if you're looking at some of those items, they are going to be more costly to do and you want to make sure that that is taken into consideration with the budget. So looking at those images and looking at the the focus can give us a really good idea as to what you're actually looking for. If you've picked out a whole load of imagery that has stunning ceramic tile patterns in there, really beautiful pieces like that in there, then that's going to be more of your focus. Not to say that you can completely cheap out on some of the other items and you do still want to make sure that they're not going to be something that you're having to buy again and again or that are going to cause you problems with leaks and um, just poor performance but you know that that might be something that at the outset you know you're going to want to spend a little bit more square meterage on the tiles or look at where you're going to put those more expensive items in order to be able to get the overall look that you're looking for.
0: Okay so we know our budget, we know our mood board, how important is it to go see things in person? Yeah going and having a look around
2: bathroom showrooms is extremely important if you are doing it yourself. Because being able to play about with how things feel, how things open, how things move is something that you're not going to necessarily be able to tell from an image. If you're using a design service, then they will be able to guide you on on what those items are and take your options down quite nicely to something that you can then pick and choose from. Whereas if you're looking at some of the pieces just purely online, you really don't want to be picking things that way. Uh, You do want to go and see them. Uh, We recently have had clients who absolutely adored the look of some of the tiles and they were fabulous. They came to touch those items and they were just like, Oh, oh no, I didn't. That feeling is just like, it just really sets my skin off. It makes my teeth itch. And all of those things are just like, ah, okay. So, encaustic tiles are not what you're looking for. (laughs) You're looking for that look. Yeah. (laughs) You're looking for that look, but we're going to have to go for a different kind of piece. Um, And so, then moving on to something that has that overall feel and that look without that texture was extremely important. So yeah, going and being able to play about with how things turn on and making sure that you understand as well how that is going to work. Are you going to have to reset your temperature from the outset? Are you going to be able to set it? And if you want to get into any of the even more gorgeous, but tech items of things of being able to set a different temperature for different people who are going to be, say, using the shower. You do want to make sure that you understand how that's going to work. The last thing you need is for you to have this gorgeous bathroom. It's all installed. You work in and you go, how do I turn on the shower? (laughs) And again, it's one of those things of thinking about who's going to be using that. If you're going to be using it every day, feel free to put in those, um, those details that you will learn and that you'll know exactly how to do it. If you're going to be putting it in a bathroom that's more of a family bathroom or that's going to be used by guests, make it simple. Get them one turn to be able to turn everything on and be able to then adjust the temperature in a nice, easy, make sure that they can see exactly how to do it. It shouldn't need an instruction manual for your guests to be able to use it
1: yeah I, I mean, I agree. I mean, I think it's so important. I think bathrooms are such intimate personal spaces, and I think it's so much down to personal choice, and people are going to have very strong opinions. and it's really, I think important that that clients do go to showrooms, do touch and feel, do understand exactly what it is they're buying. i'd always I'd always recommend that. How many baths do you think you've sat in? Quite a few. Yeah, quite a few. And I, that's that's actually a very good example. You know, actually how you feel when you're, if you like a bath, how you feel when you're sat in that bath is at the right angle. It's a very personal thing. And that's something that you're not going to understand unless you actually have sat in it before, <laughs> before you buy it. And baths are expensive purchases. So, you know, that kind of level of due diligence, if you like, is, I would say, definitely recommended.
0: Because if someone's feeling that teeth itching when they're touching a tile, imagine how they'd feel if they didn't sit in a bath before they bought mm. one. We often do find that we don't have
2: clients, as I said, once you've got an idea of exactly what you're looking for and you're working with a design team, it doesn't necessarily always mean that you do need to go and see every single piece. A lot of our clients are extremely busy. And I think one of the things I remember reading before was that you spend... Twenty minutes walking around a house in order to be able to put in an offer on it. You're one of the largest purchases, unless you ever buy a boat, um, <laughs> one of the largest purchases you'll ever make. And you've spent twenty minutes looking around it. You then will spend nine hours researching a TV. And if you do that for every single item, for you know when you're looking at seven thousand square foot home, it's just not possible for people to be able to put that amount of time into every single item. So they are often looking for you. For you to be able to make their choices simple, knowing what they want and knowing what they are after. So we often lean a lot on our expertise as designers to be able to make those choices simpler and easier. Doesn't mean that you lose the choice. It just means that the choices are more catered to you. We had a set of clients recently, one who was six foot four, one who was five foot. And we needed a bath (laughs) for both of them to be able to um, use. And so we did end up putting in a, a two meter bath because... They wanted to be able to both be able to be comfortable in it and then thankfully we knew that the company that we were working with does provide magnetised neck pillows and that also can then be put onto the base of the bath to be able to provide somewhere to put your feet on and you can fully push off them because they are extremely strong in order to be able to make sure that we weren't drowning one of our clients (laughs) while the other one was uh, enjoying the bath. So um, that was just a consideration to know when you're looking at something like that. But if we had have selected a different bath, one that wasn't metal, we wouldn't have had that option. And so it's always just trying to work out those those intricacies, which can be tough for people when they are going around. So do always speak to people in the showroom, explain the things that you're really struggling with. Um, and if you are going and looking at doing it yourself, do make sure that you've set aside enough time to be able to do that research. Otherwise you will be making spare of the moment decisions when your contractor phones you up and is just like, did this bath not come with a waste? And you're like, Oh, gosh, I don't think it did come with a waste. Where do I get a waste from? And then you're, you know, sort of, what "What? is a waste? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What am I even looking for? Which can be really, really hard and very, very stressful when you're then put under a time constraint and you have a job of your own to be able to be doing every single day. So we always like to make
0: sure that you do put that time aside. Okay. so the next question, what do I need to know about bathroom tiles? This is also a massive topic, isn't it? Because there's so many tiles on the market, floor tiles, wall tiles, things that you put in the shower, things that you put on the vanity. Where would you start in picking a floor tile or a wall tile or any tile for a bathroom?
1: I think think about where the tiles are going to go. So there are different considerations for floor tiles as there are for wall tiles. With floor tiles particularly in a bathroom or a wet room, they need to be slip rated and I think it's anything over R11 for a for a bathroom and that's from a from a safety perspective. But, you know, there are loads of there's loads of choice and I mean personally when it comes to designing for clients, we encourage adding lots of texture and variety in bathrooms and perhaps putting tiles in unexpected places, maybe on kind of edges of of baths and areas where you can make a kind of visual difference.
2: I would say, and all of the tile companies out there are probably going to be screaming at wherever they're sitting and listening to this, but there's too much choice for people to go through. There's way too many options. And again, it feels like it's massive weight on people to be able to understand All of the technical side of things, slip rating, everything that's essential, knowing what the weight of the tiles is going to be based on the thickness of them, um, understanding that if you do order a 120 by 240 tile, it's going to turn up on a pallet and it's going to be sat right outside your house and they're not going to help you to get it in. So all of those kinds of details from everything from initially picking it to having it delivered and installed, who's going to move that huge tile in? Can they even cut it? Can your contractor use that? There's so much, so much weight on those, on people to be able to make that decision. So be very clear on what you're looking for. Stop some of the noise that can be out there of all of the items. If you've got that mood board and that was what you were aiming for and those are the kinds of looks that you're going for, aim for that. Take everything else out of it if you're starting to go around a showroom and then you're just like oh everything in my mood board had lent towards us having crittle type shower screen we wanted black taps we wanted a really beautiful feature wall but everything else in the room is very pared back if you're then going in and looking at a mosaic tile, it's not for you It's just not for you. It's beautiful. And you might be able to look at it somewhere else, but it's not what you're there for. You're there to be able to get your bathroom. And the way of being able to do that is to use your time effectively and actually take away some of those other options. You don't need them. Do not be distracted by the pretty tiles. (laughs) There are so many pretties and it is very, very difficult sometimes going in. Um, And I say the same thing to our junior designers when they're going off the first time. I'm just like, if you're going to this showroom, go for a reason. If you go there with no reason, you will literally spend four hours doing very little because it's so gorgeous. And you look and you go, oh, this is beautiful. Oh, that's beautiful. Yes, but where? Where are you going to use it? Uh, We've had a property recently. There are no tiles no tiles in the bathroom. We have plastered the entire bathroom in a stunning finish because that is what we had in that brief. If we had have put tiles anywhere, we might have put them on the floor. But again, we would have probably gone for large format because every single image that we'd gone through with that client at the beginning had this really clean, seamless look to it. So we weren't going to spend hours looking for tiles. We didn't need them for him.
0: Oh, I love that. You've actually brought up a term there, large format tiles. And there's so, not only we were talking about slip rating, weight, there's also things like large format, different styles, different shapes. Is that a big consideration as well?
1: Yes, absolutely. I mean, there's mosaic, there's like, you know, your kind of standard 10 by 10 or your 20 by 20, then you've got your large format. I mean, there are some, again, practical considerations with large format tiles. Can they go upstairs? You know, the practicalities of lifting such, you know, large items. But, you know, they can be stunning if it's a, a walls where there are no seams or it could be kind of a marble effect style that you're going for that is ultra luxurious that can be achieved through going for the large format. So it, it, it's kind of, yeah, looking at what the look the client is after and then choosing the tiles
2: accordingly. When we're talking about large format tiles, we're pretty much talking about anything that's larger than 120 by 120. Uh, so that would probably be something that we would all, it, mostly industry-wide, say 120 by 120 or larger is a large format tile. That's what's going to mean that it's not going to be arriving in a very traditional way in terms of it's not going to come in boxes. It's going to come on a pallet. It's going to be only a curbside delivery. So the standard ones tend to be yeah, 120 by 120 and then 120 by 240 or 120 by 3 meters. So depending on what you're looking at, that's what a large format is
0: and what does large format provide a bathroom a clean look less grout
2: lines a very contemporary feel and so you can end up doing an entire shower area in three tiles depending on whether you have niches or things like that but that provides you with a very clean look and yeah, the less grout lines that you have the less possibility that you're going to have for maintenance and so it it all leads into it being an overall very very clean finish
0: this brings me on to the complete opposite of the teeny tiny tiles that you see. And I've actually had homeowners who have told me that their tilers have quit because <laughs> it was too much work, which makes me laugh as well, because obviously each one of those has to be professionally tiled. So you know, you never think about how your tile choice might affect your tradesmen. Have you noticed that before?
1: Tiling is tricky and you do need skilled tilers to be with certain, with some of the choices. I mean, often those kind of mosaics come on sheets, so they're not necessarily putting down every single individual tile. But when it comes to things like tiling alcove niches, or if you're doing zelige tiles around a corner, and and by zelige, I mean the more kind of artisan look tiles they're slightly irregular and kind of mitering the corners of those can be difficult and also things like making sure that levels are the same so again there are different thicknesses of tiles encaustic tiles in particular which is more the more cement type tiles they can be quite thick so when it comes to making flooring flush with other surfaces and things like that it yeah bathrooms are technical in terms of how you think about them but also in terms of the skills that are required to actually make it look beautiful and make it look seamless.
0: Have you noticed any trends in tiles at the moment? We stay away from trends. (laughs) Um, It's
2: that thing of go with what you're drawn to. Now, not to say that our clients aren't led by trends. Obviously, the media that they will be viewing will be very much based on the trends that are out there in general. But they don't tend to guide too much. You are not going to put in a trendy bathroom. There is no option to be able to upgrade scatter cushions in a bathroom. They are attached to the wall and they are something that you have invested in and there's therefore something that you don't want to be playing around with trendy items in there. Accessories, fair enough. Be able to add those, you know, beautiful pieces that you can change out. But we're talking about a very nominal change to a bathroom overall. It's not somewhere where I would say to people to to just be guided by the last thing that they saw. And it's funny because even the clients who, as we said, don't look and say like, oh, I know what I want. When they start going through, they will start to pull towards one sort of idea or another That may be a trend that has been something that we see a lot of. It might not. So it's always worth making sure that they're then aware of what they may be asking for. Also, some of the things that are relatively trendy can be detrimental to where they're actually looking to do it. We've obviously seen a lot of black bathroom items. We're even starting to see things like black or coloured toilets and basins. I do not recommend black for Bathroom items, if you are in London, unless you have a water softener, because that is going to cause you massive white problems on all of those items. So it's one of those things of just like they will be influenced by trends but people won't be actively looking for that because it's not something that you want to go trendy with.
1: Yes, I entirely agree. I think that trends are useful in terms of giving people ideas and just just looking at something that perhaps you might not have thought of, but I would never really advise to go with a trend. the trends. It's a bathroom is a is something that you are going to live with for a long time. It's an expensive purchase. We always say go with what you love. Go with what makes you feel happy that you're going to look at every day and you know you're going to enjoy and trends can come and go and this is something that that is going to be with you for a long time
0: okay so one of our other frequently asked questions is what is a wet room now the way that I like to explain this is when people say oh I want an open plan kitchen everyone knows what an open plan kitchen is but if you say oh I'd like a wet room a lot of people what do you mean what's a wet room so would you agree is that is an open plan bathroom basically a wet room? I think that's a pretty
1: good analogy. A wet room is where the bathroom is fully tanked and completely waterproof so there is no shower tray the The floor and the shower are seamless so the drainage basically goes into the floor and it's very much a kind of personal choice thing I think some people love the idea that you can just get wet and there's no boundaries and there's no walls and there's no shower enclosures and it's just, it's just very freeing it's not for everybody some people don't like having water everywhere and, and having to clean that up and there are considerations in terms of the types of finishes and kind of going back to tiles and things You know, whether tiles would necessarily be appropriate, there might be other kind of materials that work better with a wet room like cement walls or Tadalact or that that type of thing. So um, a wet room is kind of what it says on the tin. It's wet with no enclosures. Are you a fan Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And I think it is personal taste and it comes down to what the client is looking for. I particularly like showers which don't have any glass enclosures. So again, with bathrooms that we design, we tend to design open showers, usually tiled. We don't tend to design with lots of glass shower screens because they show the splash marks. And again, they're quite cold and enclosures that are left open just somehow feel grander and a bit more luxurious so those are the are the ones that we tend to favour so yes I'm a big fan.
0: Tanking is it easy? Yes it, it
2: is easy it also is often even if you're not doing a ret room if you are in an apartment complex you do tend to find that if you are redoing a bathroom tanking is part of your requirements to be able to protect other residents if there were ever to be a leak. Very very easy to do most of our bathrooms do tend to be tanked anyway whether we are using a shower tray and an enclosure or whether we are keeping it open but I'm guessing it's for the pros though most definitely yes the bathroom is not somewhere where I would recommend people start a DIY career it is very as we've said before technical detailed and as soon as you start going down the rabbit hole of even looking at some of these pieces you start to understand the um, amount of effort it takes to be able to get them to look as seamless as they do so, yeah, definitely something that you'll want to make sure that you've got a good contractor for.
0: I love, Brooke, how you said that it's freeing. If you're maybe someone who quite likes their privacy, even if it is an ensuite or a family bathroom, is a wet room maybe right for you? There are ways
1: of doing it so it's not completely open. So, for example, one we've done recently is where you kind of walk in and you see the kind of focal point of the basin, double basin, big mirror, beautiful lights. So, it, so you get a great view when you walk in, but it's open either side. It's, so effectively, it's a kind of false stud wall. And then behind, open either side, you walk in, the shower's there, it has this big, spacious feel. And obviously, by building that dummy wall, it allows you to put in an alcove for your toiletries and so forth. So it doesn't necessarily have to feel big and open, you can still have that freedom whilst also having having the privacy.
0: So it can still be zoned.
1: Absolutely. Yeah.
0: So this brings me on to our next frequently asked question, which is how can I have an on suite? Ensuites are something that we often
2: get asked to try and redesign. We do a lot of interior architecture projects, and so we are often looking at completely redesigning the space. The boring and sometimes not very popular answer to that is maybe, because we do need to look at a lot of the functionality that we've been discussing before to be able to make sure if that is possible. We're working on a project at the moment. It's an older block of flats and it does mean that we do have massive restrictions on where we are able to get waste pipes out of there. There are of course things that you can do in order to be able to facilitate that. You can put macerator units in, they're not something that we do tend to use very often unless we are doing basement projects in which case we just have to use them. If anyone wants a short description for what a macerator is, it is a food waste disposal unit for a toilet and so it is not necessarily the easiest thing to be able to use and does require maintenance so there's always going to be a technical part for that if we can put it in it's then yeah making sure that that water can get out and depending on what prop- kind of property you're looking at how it's going to affect anyone else if you're in an apartment block you will have limitations you cannot put a bathroom above a bedroom often and so looking at all of those details before you start looking into whether it is actually possible is always important if you're looking at a house you You'll have much more freedom often to be able to put an ensuite in, and then it's looking at what your priorities are. Are you looking to be able to take some room out of another room in order to be able to put an ensuite in? How does that affect things? Are you then affecting storage? Is often the thing that then tends to go. Does that work for your way of life? Are you going to be Marie Condoing every single part of your wardrobe in order to be able to make this ensuite work? And does it have any kind of life in it for the long term? If it means that it you know, that doesn't kind of work for you, then you really do need to think about what the knock-on effects of that are. So it's very possible taking away wardrobes, going into other rooms, but uh, you need to be sure what it is that you're going to be losing and gaining to make that happen.
1: It's a process of compromise, really. What's, what's more important to you?
2: And if it is a
1: case of carving out a small space, what is it that it's essential to put in that small space? You know, is a shower really important? I mean, aside from all the practical issues in terms of whether you can physically put a shower in there, you need to think about what are you going to give up in order to, to gain that space? And yeah, it's an entirely different if you have a house. It's, it's far easier than if you're, you're working with a small apartment or a period block where, you know, there are other restrictions. It is, it's, a, it's a case of compromise.
0: I once featured a bathroom. It was a five bed house and they actually took away two of the bedrooms. So it became a three bed house. They created this amazing open plan bedroom bathroom. I think the bathroom side was almost double the size of the bedroom. It was all open plan. They had this big walk in shower, a big Bath area and then a big vanity area. And I remember asking, Oh, do you not need those bedrooms? And they said, No, it's just us and our our children have moved out. We didn't need five bedrooms. So we've gone for this ultra luxurious bed bath. And I love that. Everyone always tells you, Have loads of bedrooms, have loads of bedrooms, but they didn't need that. Would you agree with that mentality? Look at your space and what you need, what you don't need? Yes,
1: I think absolutely. I mean, I think it's your home, it's your space. You need to make it work for you. And uh, we have a client. Who's who in a similar scenario, they've made this one of the bedrooms a fabulous ensuite. They've also made another bedroom a fabulous walk-in wardrobe. It comes down to what your requirements are and what your you know lifestyle is. And if your children have grown up and left home and you have the extra space, then use it and enjoy it. Put a sofa bed
0: in, near the bath or something. Yeah, have, have <laughs> fun, you know, back? add some soft furnishings, add <laughs> some you know, luxury. There. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what are your clients and homeowners? asking you for at the moment in terms of bathrooms are you noticing any type of theme I'm noticing people are being braver in their choices and people are
1: coming to us for colour um, and that's not necessarily a pistachio colour bath suite, which which may in certain kind of areas be on trend. But they're wanting a bit of escapism, some luxury, and just wanting to be a bit more expressive, I think, in some of their bathroom choices. Maybe that's because that is the style of practice that we are. We do like a lot of colour and, you know, pattern and so forth. So I do think people are drawn to that because that's, that's kind of what we do. But I do think certainly clients that we speak to are, are becoming certainly much braver and a bit more experimental.
2: I'd say, yeah, clients really do understand that it's a worthwhile investment to be able to make sure that they have bathrooms in their homes that work for who is going to be using them and work to be able to make sure that it's fun for them and interesting whether it's adding in lots more colour we're definitely seeing people leaning towards that idea of it making them happy that it's somewhere that they actually do enjoy you know walking into whether it's going to be something that's going to be that we've got a spa-like feel to it it doesn't necessarily mean it's devoid of colour and interest so we're definitely finding that that's something that people are leaning towards and definitely the use of light within their bathrooms to make sure that we're being able to use it at lots of different times has been something that clients are really leaning into especially as people have changed slightly how they use their homes if they are going to be working from home couple of days a week a lot of people are really enjoying that that is what they do that means that they're sometimes doing workouts from home being able to then have a shower at home those kinds of things have meant that they really do want to make sure that these areas work really really well for them and are fun and interesting
0: how do you create a fun and colorful bathroom are you putting in colorful baths colorful basins or is it more the things that can be changed
1: we tend to do it with with tile and pattern, actually. That's probably the easiest way. We tend to stick to more classic sanitary wear because they're the more expensive purchases. They're the more difficult ones to change, not that it's easy to change tiles. So one bathroom we had, for example, which was actually where the client said, we don't want to change the metro tiles around the shower and the bath. We don't want to change the sanitary ware and the, the brassware because actually we don't want to invest the money in it. But how can we make this bathroom more interesting? And so we literally just took up the floor put in a pattern tile on the floor, we changed the fascia of the bath, we painted the walls a different colour, we added pictures, we added plants. And by doing it, they had an instant upgrade, an instant colour injection without changing any of the nuts and bolts of the bathroom. Um, And that was, yeah, that was an, an easy kind of upgrade
2: yeah tiles are obviously the the go-to and um, we have had a couple of bathrooms recently where again we're not looking to change a huge amount um and one of them did have i'm going to use a word but everyone's going to hate but shiplap around this bath what sorry shiplap it is panels is a nice way of putting it around the the bathroom and most people do do normally look at it and go oh my gosh it absolutely has to go and the clients actually quite liked it they quite liked that feel and so we we redecorated it in two colors of coral which was absolutely stunning um and put a vinyl wall covering above the dado rail that was in there to be able to create something that was interesting without being too over the top and it also was very cost effective for a bathroom that wasn't going to be used all the time it was one of the guest bathrooms a spare bathroom and it wasn't necessarily an investment point for them at that time but still needed to be pulled in with the rest of the design and so that was a nice easy way of being able to add in some interest and
0: color without it being a huge huge investment. Speaking of words that I hate in terms of bathrooms is a term that's being coined at the moment, which is spathroom. No, thank you.
1: (laughs) I've never heard of that and I would never use it. is not going to happen.
0: <laughs> Good. I'm glad you guys agree with me. Okay, so that's it for this episode. Thank you so much. The answers have been so extensive and full of tips and advice. You will be joining me again and I look forward to it. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, thank you once again to Kia and Brooke. Some really great tips and advice if you're about to plan your bathroom. They will be joining me again for our final bathroom episode where we answer readers' dilemmas. Before I leave you, I wanted to ask again, if you liked what you heard, to please give us a review, subscribe, tag us on social media, and share with friends and family. Until next time!